Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome to a special edition of our Ducks and Pucks podcast. As we talked about before, we're doing more uh, summer podcasts, and uh, we'll be talking about hockey uh, all during the offseason. Uh, on this one, we've got uh, Eddie and myself, also some of our writers. We have Adam, Tasha, Phil, and Thomas on with us as well, so there's you'll have six different people uh, providing some input. We're going to be talking about some of the rumors of some of the players that um, have been out there mentioned uh, possibly coming to the Ducks. We'll talk about some injury news and explain what's going on with some of our guys and uh, probably talk a little bit about the Stanley Cup final. Um, I think first we'll uh, we'll look at some of the rumors out there of who's you know possibly going to come to the Ducks. And Eddie, there's been a few names, um, Lucic, Kessel, Nash. What do you think about some of these players that they've been talking about? Uh, probably 90% chance none of them come, but it's always you always get these kind of rumors at the end of the season when... Uh, guys on teams that have, haven't really performed or uh, players on good teams that, that haven't really performed up to expectation, uh, expectation like Nash and, and Kessel on, on the Leafs and obviously Lucic like you mentioned. And, you know, these are top profile players and you don't really see these types of guys get moved every season. But, you know, there's, there's potential. The, the Leafs are rebuilding so Kessel could come. Not that I really want to see him come over. And, and Lucic could be a guy that could fit on that top line too. But, you got to look at what kind of price these guys would would come with. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, you know, another thing that's been mentioned out there uh, is Bolesky. We heard that you know it looks like he may be trying to be resigned. Uh, we haven't been able to confirm it yet. Uh, it's just a rumor for now. But that's why these other names have popped up, uh, especially Nash. Uh, a lot of people are saying, "Hey, let's go get Nash and put him on the first line." Uh, what are your guys' thoughts about Nash coming over and maybe being a you know t- top left wing? Well, my problem with Nash coming over is that I know that if we do sign someone to that high caliber is that we won't have the salary cap, not only for this year, but for next year. Because we have a lot of free free agents coming up in the following season, and we need to have money for that. I agree. Yeah, that's probably one of those high-profile guys. Nash is being paid $7.8 million for the next three seasons. And, I mean, I'd love him on the Ducks, but not for that much. If the Rangers would keep some of that salary, that'd be great, but I don't think they'd be willing to do that in any deal unless we gave them some great young players, but that's an even worse idea. Yeah, I think you guys are all right on that, too. I, I think uh, Lucic is another one that people talked about, too, Eddie, and I, I think there's, you know, that's kind of a problem with him as well. You know, He's getting paid six mil uh, right now, so I don't see him wanting you know less money if he was to come to the Ducks, too. Yeah, and you, know, you look at the NAS situation, too. It, you know, We'd kind of be looking at paying what the Rangers did when you had to bring over a uh, Nash from Columbus. And, and, you know, the, it's just a, it's a big payment for a guy that, you know, hasn't really produced in the last few seasons. And, you know, he, he can be a good player and he has been a good player and he's, he's played with gets left Perry in the Olympics and there's a bit of chemistry there, but, you know, do you really want to give up the pieces you have to give up for a guy that's underperforming on a good team? And, you know, his cap hit, like uh, others have mentioned, is going to be a problem when we have to sign, re-sign Kessler and uh, Anderson, Gibson, Lindholm, Botten, and all in 2016. You know that that's not something you want to have in the way. Yeah, I agree. I mean, we talked about the free agency situation. It's it's not 
too, you know, big this year, but it's going to be really huge next season. Um, you know, looking at, at this season, we've got uh, Fletchman, uh, Valeski, and Boschman that are all unrestricted uh, free agents, and then a couple of the restricted free agents in Edom and Wagner that, uh, you know, we're trying to look at as well. And, um, you know, Thomas, we had you on. We talked about this before. What do you think as far as uh, the strategy? Do you think the Ducks try to get uh, Boschman and Bolesky, or do you think we let them walk and we do try to go find someone from another team? I think if they can get both, they will. But I just don't... Bolesky scored 20 goals in the season for his first time ever. I'm not sure he's ever going to do it again, or at least certainly on a consistent basis. Someone's going to give him stupid money, and I just don't think he's going to be worth $5 million a season. I'd love to keep him, and I think Mary clearly would too. So if he's willing to take a big discount, I think he will stay, but that's a huge question. As for a trade, the Ducks have a lot of young pieces, so if they were to trade a couple of young prospects, it wouldn't be the end of the world for their prospect system. But I always prefer to see how these prospects are going to pan out before you trade them off and decide which one's really going to be important to the future of your team. If you trade Nick Adilis tomorrow and then he becomes a 30-40 goal scorer in a couple of years, is that a good deal? Probably not. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that is a big concern looking at the future. Um, you know, Phil, uh, I know you're a big Bolesky fan. Uh, what do you think as far as uh, Bolesky taking a discount and staying with the Ducks? I think that, honestly, he would because he wants to stay here. Um, and, like, I know that Thomas said, oh, you might not have a, you know, that have scoring goal of uh, goals. But the thing is, is that we haven't, like, been with him enough. Like, if we sign him for another deal, deal like, you don't know what's going to happen. Like, this could be his breakout season. And then he, like, either continues that or he killed build on it as well. I mean, you just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, I think uh, my concern, and Eddie and I talked about this too, is the second line, uh, Eddie. If you've got, you know, that that chemistry with uh, Bolesky, Silverberg, and Kessler, and we're not able to do some kind of a deal with Bolesky, then I think the issue is, is okay, who are we going to put on the second line as a left wing uh, center in addition to the first line, Eddie? Yeah, I don't think if he doesn't come back, it falls apart. You know, Cogliano could play on that line. Uh, you could put Edom on that line and, and replicate uh, Bolesky's success a little bit. I, I don't think if he's not there, that line's not going to produce at all. Kessler's a good player. Silverberg's a good player. He stepped, they both stepped up in the playoffs. And, you know, Bolesky had a great season. But I'm in the boat where I kind of worry that if you give him 4 or $5 million to try and get 20 goals a season, you know, I think he's probably going to regress next season, even if he does play on that line. And, you know, paying a guy that much, it's you know I'm, I don't want to compare him to to the Clarkson deal that the Leafs did, but if you ever have to get rid of him for cap reasons, it's a little bit harder if he's not producing at at the the money you paid him for. Yeah, that is a tricky situation, and you know another situation that's tricky for the Ducks too is the the de- defense. Uh, you know, Boschman's unrestricted free agent, and I've, I've seen a lot of opinions out there. A lot of people are saying that uh, just let him walk. I've heard a few other people saying don't. You know, we should keep him. Uh, another another part of that that's come up has been uh, Wisniewski's name has been mentioned as being uh, traded too. Uh, some people said, okay, you know, let's go get Boschman and trade Wisniewski because of his you know salary situation that uh, we talked about as well, Eddie. Yeah. 
I'd like to see Wisniewski get a shot, and I think all of us wanted to see him get a shot in the playoffs. Even uh, Bob Murray came out and said he was kind of hoped that Wisniewski would have got a shot to to play in the playoffs and get at least a couple games under his belt. But um, we didn't see him, and I'd kind of like to see him come back next season. I, I really don't see them trading him, uh, at least right now. Um, I believe in 2016-2017 his cap drops to $3 million, so you know, even at um, as a rental, he still has a little bit more value in that season to teams who are going to be contending. So I think you maybe keep him for this season. I think he fits in on in our top six uh, better than some of the other guys we have, especially you know, guys like Stoner. And um, but if you do re-sign Boschman, you got a problem there. You've got you know eight defensemen who could play, and it's going to be a tough decision. But I I really would like to see Boschman come back for at least one season. Anybody else have any thoughts on uh, Boschman coming back, uh, or, or you know, Wisniewski as well, trying to you know play those seven or eight defensemen? Oh, um, I really think Boschman should stay just for that veteran impact um, in the locker room. Um, we do have a lot of young defensemen coming up. Um, Josh Manson uh, is one of them that has, did play for us this season. Uh, I know he'll take a pay cut to stay because he really loves it in Anaheim, and he's such a nice person. I really hope that we can keep him. Um, uh, and Wisniewski, another another great guy, another great guy in the locker room, always working hard. Um, it's definitely we, we're in a bunch here. We're definitely in a pickle. Go ahead, Phil. Okay, I'm sorry about interrupting you. Um, I think that Wisniewski, like we like you said, Mike, that you know we should have seen him play. Um, but the problem is, is that we have a lot of highly paid defensemen on our team, like. Stoner is really high paid, and as you saw during the regular season, he wasn't performing. And then, like, with Boschman, like, he performed really well throughout the season, but, like, in the postseason, he had some serious flaws, which shouldn't happen, especially with a veteran defenseman. Yeah, and I think that's a good point. Uh you know, uh, Boschman didn't uh, do as well down the stretch, and then Stoner did do as well or better down the stretch. I mean, granted, he had a few little uh, issues there too, Eddie. Um, I, I think if the Ducks can keep Boschman, you know, for a lower price, as Tasha mentioned that he wants to stay, I, I, I think it's something that that they could work out, Eddie. It should be interesting. But I, I agree with you, Eddie. I think Wisniewski should definitely uh, get some serious playing time next season. Yeah, and especially with you know, them firing Lauer and somebody else is going to be in charge of the power play, which is, is a good thing. Can You know, if you look at the power, the special teams the Ducks have had in the last few seasons and, and the players who are on the, the power play, and, you know, you would expect it to produce, and it just hasn't. And, you know, maybe uh, a new guy coming in, maybe Nita Meyer or, or Paul McLean, we'll talk about in a bit, coming in and maybe taking control of that power play, Wisniewski might get a, a better chance. And, you know, he's known to be a, a quarterback on the power play when he, where he was in, in Columbus, and, no, that this might be his chance with a new guy in charge. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we can talk about that now. That's that's another issue that's come up too. McLean was in the news uh, by uh, Pierre LeBron from uh, ESPN. He had mentioned that the uh, Ducks have been looking at uh, him and others uh, to fill that role since uh, Lauer's now been booted from the team. And uh, as we talked about, you know, the power play was 28th this year in the regular season. The uh, penalty kill was 15th. Um, it actually, you know, the Ducks did really well in the first two rounds on the special teams. And then obviously in the third round, it, it just wasn't working out. But as you pointed out, Eddie, the last couple of years, it hasn't done as well. 
Um, anybody's thoughts on uh, Niedermeyer maybe you know stepping up and taking that role, or, or the Ducks going outside and, and trying to get somebody else? Well, oh, um, I think Niedermeyer. Oh, go ahead, Adam. Oh uh, well, uh, I think of Niedermeyer. I mean, and going back a little bit to to Boschman, you know, they are Cup winners with this team, and I mean, I know we have Kessler, who you know he played in the finals, but Getzloff, Perry, Boschman, and uh, Niedermeyer are the only people in the organization who have won the cup, unless you count like Todd Marchand or someone like that. And I th- actually think that bringing back Boschman uh, brings that veteran present, brings that experience. And the same thing goes for Niedermeyer on the bench. I think that would actually bring a lot of that cup experience, uh, especially with, you know, talking about the younger defensemen like Lindholm and, and Vatanen, bringing that uh, Stanley Cup winning defense mind to the bench might actually do wonders for the team. Tasha? Um, and remember, you know, Scotty won a few cups, you know, with New Jersey, and he was a power play specialist there, a really, really good quarterback. And that's why, you know, Cam Fowler's been under his tutelage and, and uh, Sammy Vatanen. So definitely having Scotty behind the bench would be a huge bonus for our team in the power play department. Yeah, and I also think that um, uh, Scott Niedermeyer would also make a good addition because, as you guys said, about the you know young defensemen because he already really works with them in the practices anyways because if you go to Hannah Heist like and watch the practice like you'll see Scotty always practicing with the newer kids more than you will the veteran people and I think that would be really helpful um, to our team it's just having him on the bench full time. Yeah, I think I agree with you know we all well, we all agree on this. I think the only issue maybe Eddie that we talked about is his family situation because obviously he does everything with the team while they're here in Anaheim and he doesn't go on the road. So I, I think um, if the Ducks do want to promote him or give him that responsibility, I, I really think uh, a it's a good decision, but I I, I think it's going to come down to Niedermeyer wanting to do that decision maybe Eddie yeah and you know you, you got to look at uh, the other options too Paul McLean's not not a bad option if Niedermeyer you know he's still going to be in the organization it's not like Niedermeyer um, is going anywhere if he doesn't become assistant coach I'm, I'm sure he's everybody's first choice we'd love to see him come in but you know McLean spent uh, a couple seasons in Ottawa uh, coaching Eric Carlson who uh you know, is is one of the best uh, offensive defensemen in the league, and you know, bringing that experience to a guy like Botnin or Lindholm or Fowler is, uh, you know, could could do wonders for them as well. And um, you you look at other guys that could be available too. Adam Oates uh, coached in um, in Washington when he had Ovechkin on the power play, and they've always had a great power play there as well. And uh, he could he could help out on on the penalty kill too. So there's a lot of guys out there who could come in. Um, and do a good job for special teams. I'm sure we'd all love to see Scotty jump behind the bench, but you know, I think uh, anybody we bring in, it would be nice to see a new face and a new approach to the special teams. And speaking about that, I mean, as far as the way the season went, uh, you know, uh, Thomas and Eddie and I, we talked about this on the podcast before, and, and Adam, Phil, or Tasha uh, kind of directed it at each of you as uh, as far as improving the team. Uh, next season, and I'll start with Adam. What, what do you think, uh, besides the assistant coaching spot, that uh, is something that the Ducks can improve next season? Um, I think we got to build from from within. You know, we were talking about maybe getting Nash or Lucic or anything like that, but you got to remember Nick Ritchie. I mean, 
three years, hopefully maybe two years, he's he's ready for a spot on the team. And uh, we, we have so many prospects. You know, you never know who's going to pull a, a Hampus Lindholm and come in a uh, year before they're supposed to and dominate. You know, that could be Shea Theodore. That could be uh, uh, Nick Cardiles or Cadiles, however you say his name. Um, <laughs> I think we have to build from within, definitely. Um, going out and getting a, a couple more roster players, maybe, especially like uh, maybe a replacement for Thompson or something for the next first couple of months. Uh, is important, but I think we really just have to stick with it and you know, what we got so far. And uh, Tasha, your thoughts on this, uh, you know, improving for next season? Um, you know, I agree with Adam. I think we definitely need to build from within. We have a, a great deep prospect pool and work with what we have. Um, like Adam said, you know, we have a lot of good kids coming up. Nick Ritchie, Shea Theodore, Cordelas. We just signed Marcus Pedersen. Um, to a three-year entry-level contract, um, and he, you know, is playing in Sweden, and we all know how great Sweden players are uh, developed. Um, so yeah, <laughs> uh, but but yeah, I think definitely I agree. Just build from within. Maybe get something for Thompson, but I think probably just stick with Chris Wagner and get him a little bit, and maybe move uh, Raquel up to third-line duty, and then put Wags on the uh, fourth line. Yeah, that's an interesting point. Um, Phil, do you have anything to add as far as uh, building for next season? And, and then we'll kind of talk about the entries here in just a minute, as Tasha talked about. Yeah, I honestly think that, um, like you guys say, all say, I think that we should build from within um, because, you know, we have these great players like Cordelius and um, Wagner and stuff like that. So I think Wagner would be a good, good either fourth or third line center for Thompson and I think that we should not worry about signing a center because that would make it uh, easier for us to have cap room that we need for not only this season but like I said next season as well yeah I, I think if you're gonna add a center though you can um you know you, you add a guy to a one year maybe under a million you know not not a really you know to a two-way contract not a big name guy uh, Manny Malhotra or uh, you know Max Lapierre or you know, one of those types of guys that you can put on a two-way, and uh, if if Wagner's not panning out, and you can send him back down and, and bring this guy up and give him a shot. You know, a guy who's good at face-offs, uh, been playing you know, fourth line most of his career, and then you've just got more options in case another guy goes down or you know something like that. You know, like we had Dave, uh, David Steckel a couple of years ago, just a guy who can come up and you know play a nice defensive role if if somebody gets hurt. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, think so that's. Uh going to be a key uh pulling up somebody like that like you were talking about eddie uh, i think the uh the injury situation is going to kind of make this a little bit uh you know harry uh you know as everybody knows thompson had surgery and now we found out he's going to be out uh five or six weeks um tasha knows a little bit more about uh you know these types of injuries given uh what she does outside of uh, our hockey stuff so I'll, I'll kind of direct it towards tasha but uh can you kind of fill in everybody with you know the injuries that thompson has and um you know we can talk about what the duck strategy will be handling that uh yes so what thompson has is called a labral tear uh it's this is in the glenoid which is the shoulder there's also a labral tear in the hip um which that's what goalies usually get um, so three bones that attach your, um, you know, your arm to your shoulder, you got your scapula, um, your humerus, you know, your, uh, big arm bone and your clavicle, your collarbone. And, um, the rotator cuff is in there too, but he doesn't have a rotator cuff injury. 
Um, so part of the scapula um, is the glenoid, which makes like a little soft pocket um, for your uh, uh, the <laughs> I'm totally getting the giggles <laughs> for your shoulder bone to attach to. And so what happens is that soft tissue can tear if it gets uh, caught in between um, the humerus. So, so basically like a direct injury to the shoulder, like falling on an outstretched arm or overuse, which definitely happens uh, for, you know, being a centerman anyway and just a hockey player in general. Um, so what they did find out, they did the MRI. They found out that he has two tears. That's going to lengthen his recovery process. Um, they are going to go on arthroscopically and repair those two tears. But with the shoulder repair, it's extensive physical therapy, which is why it's four to five months he's out now versus the three months before if it was just one tear. So it's more of extensive of a surgery and a very, very painful recovery for poor Nate Thompson. Yeah, and I think that's a big issue. I mean, uh, you know, Thomas, we talked about this. I, I think the Ducks should, uh, you know, definitely on the RFA stand front, uh, get uh, Wagner signed and possibly see him play. You know, if we don't draft a center, you know, on the draft or get somebody like Eddie's talking about, what do you think, Thomas? Yeah, I think it's Wagner's role to take right now. Although, just glancing quickly through the free agent list, there are a couple of centers who wouldn't mind. Um, one of them is Marcel Gotch. I remember he played in San Jose a number of years ago and was just very good at winning faceoffs. So, um, uh, you guys also mentioned Maxime Lapierre. He was on the Ducks for a brief sprint a couple of years ago. Um, just anyone like that to as on a one-year deal, I wouldn't be opposed to. But personally, I would prefer to see Wagner take over that role because I think uh, if he has a future with his team in the NHL, it's kind of as that third, fourth line center. So let's give that to him for a couple of months and see if he can actually perform in that role for a long period of time. Yeah, and I, I totally agree with you. And, and I think uh, it's going to be interesting to see, Eddie. Uh, we talked about this before we got on the show, but a lot of people don't realize this, that uh, Thompson was the Ducks' uh, best face-off man in the playoffs, you know, granted he didn't play in the first round, but he was at 58.6%, uh, Kessler at 57.6%. So, you know, him going out like this, Eddie, it's it's gonna it's a little bit concerning. I mean, I think Wagner can definitely fill the role like Thomas and all the rest of us are saying, but I, I think it's going to be interesting uh, come October, November. Yeah, and, you know, he really filled a, a role and played some key matchups in the playoffs, but uh, I, I'm not too worried. Um, you know, he's not going to provide much offense. Obviously, he, he, he can... Um, have a role on the penalty kill and, and be a good fourth line center, but it's not really a, a big loss when you're just starting the season. It's not like you're missing, you know, anybody from your top six. Obviously, you know, like you said, he's one of our best faceoff guys, if not the best, and it's going to be a loss there. But you know, he'll be back and and he'll be back, you know, early on in the season, and it's not going to be too much of a loss. You know, and uh, the one other injury that came out, and, and we can kind of spend some time on this because there's been some criticism, too, directed towards the captain, uh, Ryan Getzloff. Uh, you know, they announced that he had a sports hernia injury, which they didn't say when it happened. Uh, you know, a lot of us suspect it was during the Western Conference Final, um, obviously because the last couple games you could kind of tell that uh, Getzloff wasn't, you know, skating as well as normal. Um, but he's had that injury. It's not going to require surgery. Uh, he's, you know, should be good to go for the beginning of the season. But um, I'm just kind of curious. What, we'll go around. Everybody will talk about this. Um, I'll go back to you, Eddie, on this, and then uh, direct it, you know, to e e each of you. But um, what are your thoughts as far as Getzloff getting that injury, 
and you know the the criticism that he's been getting. You know, he's been getting a lot of criticism from some of the fans. Yeah, and in the last few games in the Chicago series, he was kind of non-existent, and he said he played. He was you know playing terrible and. Uh, he didn't really pick up his game from there, so if he got the injury in those few games, it could explain why he wasn't, you know, playing up to the, the what we expect from him. But you know, I, I don't know. It's it, it's hard. You, you know, I I didn't really blame Getzloff and question his captaincy as, as as others did. But you know, I, it's up to him and Perry and Kessler to to lead the way in in these types of games. But you know, it, it, it's tough. You they're not going to tell you when the injury was, so you, you know you don't want to blame a guy if he was injured at least he was playing through it but you know it's an injury that will heal hopefully for you know for next season we'll, we'll definitely see him at the start and you know we'll, we'll have to wait and see I, I don't think we'll ever hear when he actually got the injury yeah i agree and uh i'll shift back to tosh on this one and uh you know going back to the medical standpoint as far as the sports hernia can you talk a little bit about that and how it uh you know restricts basically the, the player's ability to you know effectively play the game yeah, so on like a traditional hernia where you have a rip in your abdominal wall and organs are poking out, a sports hernia is a little bit different. Um, it's definitely a soft tissue area. It occurs in the groin area. And instead of uh, t- like organs poking out, it's basically a tear or a weakening in the deep layers of your abdominal wall, which also affects your tendons and muscles of your hip. So definitely you can tell that he was in pain uh, the way he was playing. Um and I, if I could get, wage a guess, it, I think it happened in uh, game three uh, because as of game four, he skated differently. Uh, things just weren't going as well for him. Um, now, I, I don't want to scare anybody, but if the PT and rest do not help Getzloff, he could require surgery. Could, in parentheses, so don't get mad at me. Um, uh, but yeah, so very, very painful um, and I wish him all the best. Poor guy. Leave, get, leave Getsy alone. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say on the subject. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I think all of us agree with you on that. Uh, Adam, what's your take as far as the, you know, injury and criticism and everything? I mean, as far as injuries go, I mean, I, Tasha knows a lot more about it than I do. So I, I can't really speak well on that. But I mean, as for criticism, this is a guy, Ryan Getzloff had 20 points in 16 games. Uh, in the playoffs, he had 70 points in 77 games in the regular season. Last year, he was a Hart Trophy finalist, and he I think he won the Mark Messier Leadership Award. And uh, we had that um, that first season of captaincy where he, he faltered a bit. But ever since then, he's come back stronger than ever, and it's a learning curve. I think the criticism uh, from the fans is completely unfounded. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance next year. And once again, prove everybody uh, wrong and prove why he's the captain. I agree. I, I think the exact same thing. I, I think, you know, after that first season, uh, when he didn't quite do as well, he's been, you know, answering the bell ever since. And when he's uh, a game player. Yeah, exactly. I think he will. And uh, Phil, what, what are your thoughts as far as uh, Getzloff and uh, his status? Yeah, well... I don't like like Adam said. I don't really know that much about injuries. Um, as you know, Tasha knows a lot more than me. But as far as a captaincy, like I think that he's one of the best captains in the league. And to say that he doesn't deserve it is very unfair. And he plays with a lot of heart in every single game that he plays. So 
to say that he doesn't deserve it is baloney. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think we're all on the same wavelength. As Thomas, is there anything you want to add as far as uh, Getzloff and you know how he did in the season? I think the only thing I would say is, if you're healthy enough to play, you are healthy enough to be held accountable for your play. But I still think Getzloff gave it his all when he was on the ice as much as he could. So I won't criticize him for not being able to raise his game because of the injury. But I will say that Jonathan Taze was the better player in game six and seven. And that is one of the primary reasons why the Hawks advanced over the Ducks. And I, I think that's a good point, I, I, Eddie. I think uh, we talked about that too. You know, uh, Taves and uh, Kane, especially in the last couple of games, I mean, you have to kind of give it to them. They, uh, you know, we shut them down uh, early on. They didn't really do a whole, you know, a lot in the first three games, but we just couldn't really contain them, um, especially down the stretch, like Thomas said, in the last couple of games, Eddie. Yeah, like Taves, Kane, and Keith were better than Getzloff, Perry, and Kessler, if you want to take the top three uh, players in each team. They were better in, in those final games, and that's the reason they they won and moved on to the final and are one game away from winning the Stanley Cup right now. You know, they're, they're a great team. They, they have a lot of chemistry together. You know, They don't even have to play on the same line, and they can they can still hurt you. So you know, uh, that that's the main reason they moved on. Their, their big guys stepped up, and you know they were better than ours. Yeah, you know, and talking about the Stanley Cup final, uh, you know, the Hawks won uh, yesterday, and now they're one game away. Uh, we'll kind of go around. Uh, if anybody wants to share any thoughts, I'll, I'll go back to you, Eddie, first, and we'll, we'll just talk about that. Any thoughts that you have? You know, the series has been tight. Uh, it's been, uh, you know, one goal for the entire time of the series. Nobody's had a two-goal lead, uh, and I believe that was the first time in Stanley Cup history. So it's been a tight battle, but uh, you think Chicago, you know, finishes this up, game six, um, in Chicago, or you think, you know, Tampa might be able to push it to seven? Um, I think Tampa can push it to seven just because of their road record, the Stanley Cup fi- uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs. They're insane. How many games they won in MSG? What was it, four? That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I think they can push it to seven. Eddie, what do you think? Yeah, definitely. Like, I could see them pushing to seven. Um, you know, as, as much as I want Tampa Bay to win, if Chicago wins, then we lost to the Stanley Cup champions. So it's it's not as bad, but... Uh, it, it's hard, you know. This is a young Tampa Bay team. Bishop might not play. Uh, they're playing in Chicago. You know, Tampa's shown they can win on the road in, in, in the playoffs. But you know, the, this is a team that's won two of the last five Stanley Cups, on the verge of winning three of the last six, and they're playing at home for a chance to win it. I, I don't think they could ask for much more than that. Uh, it's it's going to be tough for Tampa Bay, and and we're going to have to see how they can do on Monday, but. <laughs> You know, if if Chicago, I, I I think Chicago will probably you know win this on on uh, Monday. But if Tampa can force a game seven, they've they've got the advantage at home. Yeah, and you know another issue we we talked about this too before going on the podcast is is who does Tampa Bay start in uh, net? Uh, you know, with uh, Bishop having an undisclosed injury, uh, we talked about it. We're, we're all pretty sure it's a lower body injury. Just uh, watching him go side to side, and then of course that awful goal that. Uh, I tweeted out yesterday that I was saying, remember this play, and it, of course it ended up being the difference, which I, I hoped it wouldn't be, but uh, uh, I guess I'll start with Adam. What do you think? You come back with Bishop in game six, uh, even if he's not 100%? It depends on what percent he is. I mean, uh, you know, Vasilevsky, he looked uh, he looked pretty good um, coming in, and then 
coming in a second time. Weird game, goalie-wise. But, you know, he looked pretty solid, and uh, he's got a lot of upside. He's one of the brightest uh, goalie prospects in the league. But if I... if It's such a... I, I do not want to be John Cooper right now. That is one of the toughest decisions you can make. Uh, away game, uh, chance to, you know, make it game seven at home ice. I mean... If if Bishop if Bishop is above like eighty percent, I will go with him. I think that's a good point. I think uh, part of this too, uh, and I'll direct this at Tasha. We talked about this too. Is uh, you know his willingness to admit uh, what level that he's playing at. I mean, he he could say he's eighty ninety percent, but maybe he's only seventy percent. Tasha, I mean, we don't we don't know. Yeah, we don't. And from the way he was getting up from the butterflies. Um, I'm not sure if it, I think it might be a knee issue again, you know, we don't know. They haven't disclosed anything. Um, but he's moving side to side on butterfly pretty good, but I think getting up, I think it's his knee. Yeah. And I think that that, that first goal <laughs> did not help with the collision that he had. You could tell when he went down, it, you know, he had a hard time getting back up. Um, Thomas, if you're a Cooper, who do you go with? Do you go with Bishop or do you bring in the, the rookie? If you can play, I go with Bishop, no question. And I guess last, uh, Phil, same, same for you. You go with Bishop or you go with the uh, the new player? Uh, I would go with Bishop. You have to go with your starting goalie, especially in um, a critical game like this. And forcing it to Tampa, you never know what's going to happen in Game 7. Yeah, I think that's the goal. If uh, Tampa Bay can win this next one, and then get it to a game seven, anything can happen. The series has been, you know, so close. Uh, I've been watching all the games, and it's, it's been, you know, just tight throughout, and any little mistake uh, could be the difference, Eddie, in the series. Yeah, and I, I think a big thing, not just with Bishop being hurt, is uh, Kucherov is, is hurt now as well for Tampa Bay, and, and that line has been, you know, great for them. Thompson and Kucherov are, are – Johnson and Kucherov are, are leading the, uh, the league in points right now, and – you know, missing him and and on that line with uh, Pilat is is going to be big, and you know, Duran might be drawing in for them, but that's going to be a big miss for them. Yeah, I think you're right. And you know, one thing I, I have to say about Chicago too is that the fact that they've been you know putting so many minutes on four defensemen and been able to win games, you know, um, you have to tip your hat to that team and Coach Quinville. I mean, you have to give him credit. I mean, that, that's pretty remarkable. Most teams can't. Uh, do that. I mean, if you even we look to the Kings and what happened with Voinov, and we saw how they fell apart down the stretch. So um, that's definitely something uh, that I think that this team, um, you know, it, whether or not they win Game Six or they go to Seven or whatever, has just been a tremendous effort on their part, Eddie. Yeah, and it, it's been three defensemen actually for the last few games because Oduya got hurt. So it's been Yamos and Keith and and Seabrook playing thirty minutes a piece in the last few games and. You know, Kessler said that no human can withstand the punishment that they're giving them, but they've proven they can, and you know they've gone to the final and done it there. And you know, a big effort from these guys, but they're going to have a tough off season after this. Oh yeah, I mean for sure. Like you said, you know they they're down to three now. They played most of the playoffs with four, so it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they do. And uh, you know, speaking about uh, the off season and what's going on, we'll kind of go around. Uh, with everybody and uh you know kind of give your thoughts on the season and uh you know looking forward and you know basically this is your time to just share share whatever you want about the team in general and uh i'll uh, i'll start off with adam i'll let you go first and um you know share your thoughts on the duck season and next season um 
I mean, all I can say about next season is, you know, our, our cup window is still open. Um, as long as I, we keep it within, you know, with a couple of minor trades here or there. But uh, I think the absolute wrong thing to do would be to blow up the team or get rid of one of our core players, you know. Um, I think we, we still have a lot of tremendous upside for next season. I'm personally really excited to see how we start. Um, you know, now that Kessler's been here for a whole year and everything, seeing what kind of stuff we can do. As for, you know, being being reflective, looking back on this year, it's it's hard to uh, call it a success based on, you know, not finishing in the third round. But, I mean, em- empirically, it still was a success. We made it to the, the Western Conference Finals for the first time since uh, 2007. So, I mean, I'm, I'm happy with what happened, you know, and I'm, I'm a little terrified for next season in one respect. Uh, Boudreaux's first season, we lost uh, first round game seven. Second season, we lost second round game seven. This year, we lost game seven in the third round. Uh, if we lose game seven in the Stanley Cup Finals next year, uh, that might that might be it for me. We're cursed. But <laughs> you, never, you never know. You never know. You never know. I think we have a good future. Uh, I'll, I'll go with uh, Tasha next on this one. What do you What do you think as far as you know Boudreaux and the playoffs and you know obviously the season in general? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I'm a little disappointed. I'm still proud of our team, and we did improve over last season over the last few seasons. Um, I love Bruce Boudreaux. I love the energy he gives our team, the positivity he sends to our players. Um, I'm excited for next season, and like Adam said, I'm a little worried about the Game 7, but how about we don't go to Game 7 and we finish it in Game 6 like we should have this year? Um, I'm excited to see some of our young players come up. Um, I always love going to rookie camps and seeing how they're progressing. Um, I'm just, I'm super excited. Uh, is it October yet? Yeah, exactly. I think that's how we're all, we all feel right now because we, we all know that, you know, uh, Monday could be the last game of the season, if not Wednesday. So you know, the NHL season is almost over. So October, uh, it couldn't come any faster. Uh, Phil, what are your thoughts? I, I know uh, you've shared before on social media that, and, and with us too, that you want Bolesky to come back, of course. But other than that, what are your thoughts on uh, this season and, and going forward? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I like I said, I really want Bolesky to come back. He's the he's the my main man on the second line and you know it'd be interesting to see the rookies come and wondering if anyone will crack the lineup full time that'd be kind of interesting i think cordelis has a good chance um and also um i'm really looking forward to not only october but also september because that's when a lot of the rookie stuff goes on yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that's when we may see some other people. And uh, Thomas, I know we talked about this as far as next season. Um, you know, in addition to your thoughts, what do you think about some of those, uh, you know, younger guys cracking the lineup as well? I mean, the Ducks are just one of the great young prospects that it's incredibly exciting right now to see what the future holds. I and mean, as I think Tasha mentioned earlier, they just signed Marcus Peterson to a three-year entry-level deal. He's going to stay in Sweden for at least one more season because um, – that's what Murray said a couple weeks ago. He saw him in February and just absolutely loves and raves what, about this kid's future and thinks it's gonna, he's going to be a great player for years to come. Um, but as for next season, we've got Josh Manson. We have Shea Theodore, Nick Ritchie, Nick Cordelius, Stefan Nason. So many young players have a chance to make this roster. But for the ones who don't, I'm really going to try next season to make it down to San Diego and try and catch a couple of our games down there. Um, 
it's a great opportunity for us Duck fans to finally see our young players before they make it to Anaheim. And I think that's really exciting that we could do that finally. It is. It's so exciting. <laughs> it is. It is. It's awesome. I mean, my, you know, I, I think I've told you guys this too, is, uh, you know, my wife and I, we go down there for uh, the Charger games and the Padre games. And uh, we also just go down there just to go for the heck of it. Cause you know, it's not that far from where most of us are at. I mean, I mean, uh, you know, uh, except for uh, Adam and Eddie, I know you guys are a little bit farther away. <laughs> But, uh, a little bit. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. You know, Tennessee and, and Canada, you know, you know, it's not too <laughs> a little far away. Yeah, I'm definitely coming down from the Bay Area next year to go to a couple yeah. games down there. Yeah, I'm going to be down exactly. there next year, actually. But it, it's going to be good. I mean, having them closer. And, um, and we talked about this before on the podcast, too, Eddie. That's going to help the Ducks out, uh, not having to have these players recalled all the way from Virginia. Um, you know, being that half of the season is played in Anaheim, it's going to work out for the team a lot better next year, Eddie. Yeah, and emergency call-ups are going to be a lot easier, and it's just going to be nice to have, you know, have them not go across the country to come all the way over to, to play games if it's on a home game or, or either way. It's just nice to have them that close. And, you know, just with the, the how the team should look next year, I think we just got to keep the core together. If You know, I, I don't see many of the younger guys making it right out of camp. They'd have to really impress and, you know, basically beat out one of the guys who is on the roster right now, which is, you know, Edom could get beat out. You know, other guys have a chance to get beat out, but, you know, somebody's going to have to really shine. But just keep the core together and see how the rookies do. And, and when, you know, I've just watched them in San Diego, and if they got a chance, then you know, we'll, we'll see them come up sometime during the season, I'm sure. Yeah, and any, any other final thought on Boudreaux or, or the Ducks next year? Any thoughts about how we're going to do, Eddie? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's going to be, I hope we get a nice, you know, a good start. I, I, I like Boudreaux and, and the system that the Ducks play under him. And, you know, he, he received a lot of criticism off, uh, obviously, after losing in Game 7. And, you know, it, I think they just got to start out strong. And I, it really comes down to the playoffs again next year. Um, if we lose in Game 7, then I might start to believe there's a, a, a curse. But... You know, uh, I, you can't really put all the blame on the coach. The Ducks play a, a good style; it works for them. And you know, in in the end, the big guys got to step up, and everybody's got to come through if we want to win the cup. Yeah, and I think that's uh, kind of my final thought too on this whole season. As we all talked about, uh, you know, a lot of people were trying to point the finger at certain people, uh, whether it's you know Getzloff or Perry or the coach. And yeah, some of the you know down the the stretch in the Chicago series, definitely some of our stars didn't play as well as uh, Chicago's. That's that's without a given. But I I think you have to look at this as an overall team effort. Um, and you can't really hang it on one person. Obviously, there's a few people that um, just didn't get it done when we needed to get it done. But uh, I think next season will be fine. I think we'll be up there in the top again of the uh, division and the conference. Uh, we're going to be playoff bound as well. And it's just going to be a question how far we go. And I, I think for everybody that's uh, you know been following us that we'll keep track of everything as, as best we can, as always. And um, it's going to be a good future for the Ducks next season and seasons to come. And uh, we're going to have a lot more podcasts, too, uh, try and get some more guests. Um, this has kind of been, I guess, our second one that we've done with a you know, group. We had some other people after the, uh, the trade deadline earlier in the year. So we may try and do another one of these at the end of the uh, summer or, or beginning in the uh, September uh, when they're playing again. But uh, I want to thank all the writers for coming on and thank all of you guys for helping out. You know, um, and Eddie, too, doing the show. Um, if it wasn't for all of you guys, uh, this, it would just be me talking by myself. So I, I really want to appreciate and just give a thanks to all of you 
on the show that are helping out and then of course the ones that couldn't make the show obviously i want to thank them as well and uh you know um we'll just keep going for next year and uh, hope for the best